been a while. It's been like almost a month because we pre-recorded. It's been a while. <laughs> well, I haven't heard that song in yeah. a long. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, that, like this is if we started the podcast, this is an amazing start, by the way, mm. because I just want to point out: Have you ever seen the version of that song? I'm pretty sure there's a version of the song where they're mm-hmm. performing on stage, but Fred Durst is with them. Yeah, and the yeah. singer is doing it acoustically. And Fred Durst is just like, yeah, come on. <laughs> <It's so good. laughs> well, we have started the show now. Welcome to the IGN UK podcast. We're back for another year. It has been a while because uh, we recorded these a little while ago, but uh, we're back in 2023. Um, I say back. It's the first time any of us have ever been here. Um, me and you, Dale. Um, Hello. Both both had a small orange before this podcast. Did you have one as well? You didn't mention it when I was yeah, eating. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I had a tangerine about half an hour ago. Ah, oh, it's yeah. good, isn't it? It's it's refreshing. It's, it's a nice like. It feels like a naughty snack, but it's not. No, no. It's a nice little like mid morning treat, especially yeah. if you're someone like me who doesn't eat breakfast when they should. It just it tides you over until lunch. Uh, mm. So yeah, yeah. Um, good tangerine chat to start <laughs> the year um listeners at home what did you have for breakfast email in exactly do you, do you have don't, a favorite mid please don't snack? email in your breakfasts <laughs> <laughs> um what are we gonna do we're gonna talk about some of the things we did over christmas because we had what a good two weeks off we all played some things we all watched some things uh yeah so i suppose we should just get into it i don't know if there's how, how was your, how was your christmas like i haven't really spoken did you have a nice time who are you asking? Uneventful. Oh, you. you had a good time. <laughs> Just sat anyway. about for a couple of days, mate. That's the point. Yeah, it's good. I almost got too much into a rut, I think. Mm. Because I was like, I really decided this Christmas, like, I'm going to have some, I had an extended period. I'm going to just, it's been a busy year. I'm going to just yeah. relax and switch off. But by the end of it, I was just like, I've lost all my rhythm here. I need yeah, to, I, I, need to I fully back. do what I normally do and went back into like university mode, going to bed like extra late, waking yeah. up late. Not really leaving the house, mainly because I was like ill for the best part of two weeks, as a lot of people have been. Ah, it feels like university mode, getting ill. Exactly, yeah. That's why I did. That's why I did best at at university. I do feel Uh, like I regress to being a teenager because I like I go home for Christmas and I bring I brought uh, my Xbox home with me, which by the way hadn't owned one until now. The Xbox Series S, amazing bit of kit like that, like that quick in your pocket. That quick return, like to like where your last mm-hmm. save is, you don't yeah, even have to load good. it up. It is like utterly like it's a different world now. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I feel like I'm a teenager again because I'm just sat in a like a room, not really interacting with my family at all, just playing some like mm-hmm. nothing game. Really, exactly. <laughs> That's what I did. Like, I played a little bit of like the witcher and i played one other game which we'll get to in a bit which isn't the obvious choice to play at christmas but um i mainly just watched stuff and played football manager because i couldn't be bothered to focus on anything so yeah but anyway should we get let, let's get to those lists we've got five things each the things we enjoyed doing over christmas uh dale you're first up on this sheet so you can go first what do you, what do you want to mention first all right um connecting to what matt was just saying about the xbox so um little bit of background information i have an i have an xbox series x at home but it's Ooh. in my office which my office is Ooh. at the bottom of my garden so i don't often just sit there and play for fun it's mostly mm-hmm. for work but i thought there was games i knew that were on game pass that i'd missed so over christmas i hauled it up to my house put it on my big screen tv and i sat down and the first one that i wanted to check out was high on life which mm. came out not too long ago. Matt, I believe you played it as I well. I did play High on Life, yeah. Are you, a, are you regularly a fan of like Rick and Morty and you know Justin Roiland's stuff? I, uh, not. Uh, so I liked Rick, Rick and Morty. 
I'm not one of those like insane people that went to McDonald's begging for Szechuan sauce or whatever that sort of <laughs> stuff. Like I watched it all once and I thought it was good, but then I've never gone back and looked at it ever again. So, so you I, have I a guess taste I'm, for the kind of comedy. Yeah, least, I'm a yeah. I'm a casual fan, really. I suppose. Um, and honestly, I'm, I don't think I was ever really going into this expecting it to be a really funny game at all. Um, I was expecting it to be like a humorous game that I just wanted to check out because the idea of having a talking gun along for the ride sounded really interesting to me. And I thought, oh, it's probably fun in occasions and, and, and amusing. And I think I like when I tried to describe it, I think amusing is always the word that I like to use because I can see how people think it's funny but i never ever found myself laughing you didn't have to game. pause the game and wipe tears from your eyes excessively no, not once did i ever <laughs> laugh out loud i think maybe at best it got a wry smile out of me mm-hmm. occasionally um i do think it is this is the negative stuff by the way uh, i do think it is relentless with the humor with the attempts of humor as well like it never takes a break there's there is sections where the joke is this person won't won't shut up Mm-hmm. And that is exhausting after a while. <laughs> that being said, though, there's something really like fun about the way that the world that they've built there and the the locations that they've designed, and even the weapons, which at uh, first, like cursory glance, they seem they're quite um, basic weapons, just jazzed up with and like creatures on top of them. But there's actually a lot of variety to what these weapons can do and how you use them. Um, like my my favorite one, for example, was called Creature which just has loads of like little mini fetuses versions of himself Ooh. that fire out, but then they all swarm enemies and just like gang murder these enemies. I also uh, love that that one so is voiced by, uh, I think you should leave Tim Robinson, which uh, yeah. if you haven't seen, I yeah. think you should leave utterly brilliant. Yeah. So it sounds like it has quite a bit of almost a bit of ratchet and clunk to it in that way. Yeah. yeah I think that's a good comparison. Yeah. yeah. In ter- even in the in terms, not just the weapons as well. In terms of the world, I think like the main hub world that you visit a lot that has quite a lot to do in it is very Ratchet and Clank meets Rick and Morty sort of vibe. And mm. um, I'd say to his detriment, it like it only really has about four worlds, and I feel like it, it could have done a lot more. You do revisit the same locations because the premise of the game is that you're um, you're a human that's um, been taken into uh, at another galaxy but you become a bounty hunter it's that pitch for what prey 2 was going to be it's actually (laughs) that yeah exactly yeah and it's like you spend your game tracking bounties you get given new tasks you get like here's two or three you can choose from which ones you want to go do first and you hunt down these bounties um and in terms of that like i think the maneuverability in the game is really fun it's definitely not the best first-person shooter you'll ever play, but it's a good, like, eight to ten hours. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. I haven't played it all, and I was going to ask, is it actually just fundamentally a fun game? Because I'm not a Rick and Morty fan, and I've seen enough clips from this game to know the humour isn't necessarily yeah. my cup of tea. Like, does, is there enough of a good game there to carry it if, you, if you're if you not into the, the humour side of I, it? I think so. I, like... There was... It, it's that weird feeling I get sometimes with games where I'm playing it and I think oh, I, I think about all the things I don't like, right? I mm-hmm. think when I'm critiquing something, I, my instincts are always to lean negative. Like I always think about the things I don't like. But then what I would find is I switch off at night and the next day I think I'm turning it straight back on. I want to play that again. Mm. So there's clearly a pull there. There was clearly something in it that was keeping me, pulling me back every time. So I definitely think there is, it's 
definitely got more gameplay. I do think it takes a while for the combat to. I was going to say that. Yeah, like the it, it, the beginning of it, I was like really like not enjoying playing it at all. I actually just had my partner take over for a little bit, and yeah. I was happy to sit back and you know enjoy the jokes. It's but, it's extremely vanilla at the start. In terms, like mm-hmm. it's a, it's just a gun that you don't really reload, and it's just like straight a pistol, and it's mm. it takes a while. But once you get the new weapons and you unlock new abilities and you like improve your arsenal, there's all sorts of different mechanics that come into play and how ways that you can tackle bosses. And I think I think some of the boss battles are quite creative as well. They um oh, it should be said if people don't know as well, this game absolutely parodies video games beyond belief as well. Like any popular game you can think of all the time, there's probably a good chance there's a parody or a reference, or even just a parody of the conceit of video games like there's okay. it's, it's doing the rounds anyway but there's a section where you have to knock some barrels down or something and then the character starts calling out that that's lazy game design and all the review sites like kotaku and ign and polygon should we ran a clip down. of it yeah <laughs> so like there, there's lots of that it's lots of fourth wall breaking stuff um so if you are looking for something that sort of apes video games and takes the mick out of them a little bit um i don't think this is necessarily the best one of that there's another game i'm going to talk about that does that but um, it's definitely a fun time. It's it's there's a game on your list, Caddy, that you'll get to. It's the like the polar opposite of that game. Really? Oh, okay. oh it absolutely I, is. Yeah, I know what that yeah. game is. Did you, um, <laughs> Dale? Did you watch any of the movies in it? Um, I watched about uh, I don't know three to five minutes of the Denise Richards one. <laughs> yes. Paul Walker, just because that that title, it's I still so don't know. Silly. I need to look like what is that actually film actually about i don't know all i see is that basketball scene mm-hmm. at the start when they're in the mm-hmm. gym um i did feel like i saw that one a lot and the other ones just i kind of mm-hmm. the conceit of the television ad it's very rick and morty in terms of the adverts and stuff on tv and um i do feel like once you get the rhythm of that joke it becomes a bit tired and boring like the joke is always that the host or presenter doesn't really know what they're saying and they just sort of trail off with their thoughts every time and it's like it's a bit dull to me um, like, i'll give it a go um definitely not from what you sound like this could sound like it's like a fun like uh like saturday morning cartoon family friendly game which should probably uh, say that it's definitely way, not it? it's not family <laughs> friendly no. there is there is a small alien you meet in the hub world that wants to sell you alien cum and he keeps going on about <laughs> alien cum and that and that's the clip I saw. Where I'm like, I don't know if this is yeah. quite the the subtle humour I look yeah. for in my stuff, but yeah. you know, different horses, different courses. I mean, I'm, I, I, just I do want to give it a go just because I'm a sucker for a bright, colourful yeah. shooter. So I do yeah. want to ask Matt, what did you think of the humour? Because it's just like obviously it's the most subjective thing possible. There's right? a couple of gags in there that like really hit me. Uh, okay. And I also did sit and watch the entirety of Demon Wind with the uh, cast of Red Letter Media doing riff tracks over it. Like, oh, that's in the cinema, right? Yeah, yeah. Really? yeah oh, okay, it's yeah. so funny. Like that, that really hits me. That sort of stuff. There's a little bit as well where you like you can use a like a thing that teleports pieces of a different world into your world, so that you can use it as like a bridge. Um, and it's part of it that is just like a piece of a um, traffic jam you just transport into the middle of nowhere. That it's just good. a bunch of people moaning at each other that they're stuck in traffic, but now on a different world. And yeah. that sort of stuff like really hits me. But um, the the yeah. good thing about that is as well, which I did appreciate, never laughed out loud at, but I appreciate 
was every time you revisit that area or mm. go near that area, it's evolved. And yep. like they've evolved, like they've built their own new world on this, just this little piece of uh, motorway. It's so and they build like, it's like a shanty town and stuff. And there's all sorts of things going on there. Uh, I also love the scene where you're in an Applebee's uh, and having this dramatic conversation, but there's a waiter right. that just keeps trying to give you food and you can pick which food shows up. That so was that pretty was, good to me. That was a good example of a joke that I thought was okay the first time and then quickly wore thin. No, I think every time for me. It just sounds like, it sounds like a pentiment where you choose whether to eat the rye bread or the mm. uh, cheese first. It's a very similar similar <laughs> concept. Um, Matt, what? Uh, although you did play Hard Life, what, is, what, is, what have you got first up on your list of things? You I play? really want to talk about uh, Banshee's Finisher in. Uh, which is I watched that as well. Absolutely unmissable. If you're a fan of the director, I forget the name, Martin McDonough, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you're a fan of previous work like In Bruges, which I think bloody everybody's seen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, I said yes, like everyone has. Yeah. I don't know. I think everybody <laughs> that I talk to generally, if they like movies, they've like that's one of the ones that is like yeah. yeah. Or Seven Psychopaths, which is which I don't think is good. Than... Yeah, but um, yeah. it's a movie about two lads that suddenly aren't friends anymore but how difficult that is when uh hmm how much do i say without but i guess it is i think it's in like the first five minutes like basically colin farrell turns up to his friend brendan gleason's house they've been like lifelong friends then yeah one day brendan gleason just decides i'm not you're not my friend anymore i don't like you basically that's the movie like the whole film yeah the whole film is an hour and a half of them Colin Farrell is unbelievable in this. He's so, he, so good. He disappears, honestly. He's a totally yeah. different character. So, yeah. just for clarity, there is the whole movie about trying to find out why he doesn't like him anymore. No, kind of. That comes, that comes up it, basically by yeah, halfway through. It's, but it's oh, kind okay. of it's a real dark comedy. Like if you've seen In Bruges, you know sort of like the tone. It's like a dark comedy. It's set in nineteen twenties in Ashira, which is an island off of Main Coast Island. So you've kind of got the civil war going on in the background it's kind of it's kind of it's, it's an analogy for that in a way as well but um it's just like darkly funny and just like just like like matt said it's kind of like un- it's very singular it's unlike anything else you'll watch last year like it won't be for everyone i i will say i liked it i didn't absolutely love it um but it goes yeah like we said, it goes places that you you don't quite expect it to go. I think, like, contrasting it as well with something like High on Life, which is wall-to-wall, mm. like, over-the-top jokes, but yet every other line in Banshees of Inishirian is really dry, funny. It's like, It's got a really silly playfulness, mm-hmm. um, and it's an understated... Like, you'll laugh at every line, but it won't necessarily be a joke. Um, and I think that's, like pretty unique to the, those types of movies. Like, I remember mm-hmm. really heavily laughing at In Bruges, even when nothing funny was happening. Yeah. Well, you also have, like, Ray Fiennes, who's just, like, a, like just a comedy character in yeah. that film, whereas this one doesn't really... You kind of... You have Barry Keehan in this, who's very good, but he's just... he's That is maybe the most Irish-sounding performance I've ever heard in my <laughs> yeah, life. Yeah, absolutely like, so. <laughs> To the point where I was considering subtitles but mm. like he's so he's always so good he's so good at being a little freak in the nicest way possible he's <laughs> <laughs> just he's so good at that and um yeah it's just like i said colin farrell very good in this film was he like, a little freak he wasn't a little freak in dunkirk was he 
No, but you know, but he is in a lot of things. <laughs> he is in, actually the first thing I thought of was Eternals, and I was like, he's supposed to be a likable character, yeah. nah, and he doesn't come across that the way. The Green Knight, he's kind of one. He's in Batman um, at the end, being a freak, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah technically, yeah. <laughs> um, the ultimate freak, yeah. some, <laughs> some might say. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's on Disney Plus as well, so. Mm-hmm. Anyone can go watch it. Nice. Yeah, it's very it's, good. Um, I think for anybody that is unsold by this, if you've ever been blocked by somebody on Twitter, this is the movie for you. <laughs> and you don't know why. Yeah, yeah. it's like, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Um, my number five. I did mine in. I don't know if you guys did yours in ranked order. I did a rough ranked order of mine. My number five is the film White Noise. Have either of you seen this? No, I don't know this at all. It's oh, on. Net- is it Adam Driver? Yes, yes. It's I... the new Noah Baumbach film. It came out on Netflix last week, a few days ago. Um, Noah Baumbach made Marriage Story of Adam Driver and Scott Johansson. He also he's done Kicking and Screaming. Francis Hart is an incredible film if you haven't seen that. But um, this is an adaptation of a like postmodernist novel. I'm going to sound so wanky. Um, <laughs> it's, it's what's the best way to describe this film without ruining it? It's it's again like a dark comedy. Um, it's a drama with comedy in it. It stars Adam Driver, who in the uh, totally seventies or eighties. See, the seventies or eighties. Look like seventies to me. Yeah, yeah, is a lecturer at a university, but his special he's a uh, Nazi studies, so he's just like he knows everything about Hitler, <laughs> and that's kind of the, the basis for a lot of the humor early on. Him and another professor, Don Cheadle, have I'd a really to see good that episode chemistry. of Mastermind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but it's about um, Adam Driver and his family and the problems he and his wife Greta Gerwig have. And suddenly in this town, there's an, the uh, Airborne Toxic event happens, which is uh, what the band, the Airborne Toxic event, if you ever listen to them, took their name from, from the book. Um, but yeah, basically an event happens where this kind of nuclear airborne toxic event happens and that changes their world and it's kind of it's the sort of film i really enjoy and it's that it's kind of feels almost sprawling and directionless you're not really sure there's not like an a to b plot of like you know here's the mystery we have to solve here it's like this family through like a couple of years of their life things happening yeah. uh and i i just really like that sort of film it has a little bit of like robert altman to it if you're into robert altman but um yeah, and the end is really good. You get a new original song by LCD Sound System as well. So that's a tree, isn't it? Um, it's just really... Again, this one won't be for everyone. It's quite talky. It's quite fast-paced, like almost like poetic dialogue. Like The book is based on... It's one of those books I think a lot of people have read and go like, how do you make this into a film? But mm. I think he's pulled it off really well. And yeah, if you're into something... Kind of an interesting, there's an interesting like mystery box element to it, but also it's mainly kind of like a family drama comedy. But yeah, check out White Noise on Netflix if mm. you want. I'd recommend it. I've sold it there. Everyone looks mm. ecstatic. I did watch, I watched a trailer for it and I thought yeah, yeah. about watching it and then uh, some, I watched someone else instead. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> Fair but, I, but I did think about it and I probably will watch it. I'd, rec- I'd give it a solid... <clears throat> four stars out of five on letterbox as i did this is what i'm doing on letterbox i'm I'm bad at normally doing it every film i watch this year old or new i'm putting into a list of everything i watched this year so do I you rate reviews on letterboxd i i do 
Well, I'm I don't thinking... write them. I don't really write them. I just I just give them stars. I, I do just enough writing of reviews. Yeah, I was going to say you get job. paid to do it. Why do it yeah, for some exactly. other website for free? I just give them a star rating. And yeah. I give that one a four out of five. Yeah. So there you go. You, you can do half stars on that box, which is crucial. You had me at new LCD sound system song because I there we go. I went to see them uh, last year uh, and I cried twice. Oh my which, god! Uh, oh, there you yeah. go. It's really good. The ending yeah. as well. Like uh, I won't say what happens, but yeah, very good ending to this film. So yeah. Check out White Noise. Dale, what you got next? Uh, this is just one I, I'm playing at the moment, actually, and I just wanted to touch on. I don't have a massive amount to say on it, but I decided to play Goat Simulator 3. Ooh, <laughs> another, because... another postmodern masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, but I never played Goat Simulator <laughs> 1, and obviously mm. there is no Goat Simulator 2, um, but I'd seen a few social clips doing the rounds of Goat Simulator stuff, and I saw one that was like a Fallout reference and stuff and then i saw one for what's skyrim it? immediately after right? skyrim yeah. yeah um that but that's the point of this game right so it is easter egg the game you know <laughs> um but i just there was something about that, that i thought this seems like it could just be a bit of a laugh especially after i played another game that i'll get to later which is not a bit of a laugh and um so i started booted up and then I, I i dabbled around for a while and i thought oh i'll probably play for about an hour and then probably won't play again yeah, here I am, about ten hours later. Like, because this is not only is it uh, Easter egg and parody the game, but it's also uh, spreadsheet the game. As in, like, there's boxes to tick, things to collect. Oh, every no. corner, there's something it's achieve, it's an achievement to get. Every corner, you like, there's oh, there's a puzzle here to solve here. It's non-stop. It's relentless with that. But I'm having such a good time, like exploring it. And every literally, it's a quite a big world, and every corner has a reference to another video game or a movie or something like that. So are you actually, what is, what are you doing on like, <laughs> you're a goat. moment to so moment? Is there almost, mission, like, what are you, what stuff. Yeah, almost forget that you're a goat because it's kind of <laughs> not the point of the game. The game, the game is like, it's a giant like world which has loads of different zones. You start off in a, a farm, but then you go to like cities and you've got an area that looks like San Francisco and an area that's mm-hmm. suburbia and so far. And basically you're just interacting with the world. There's, you'll come across things and then it will all of a sudden pop up with a challenge and it'll be a puzzle to solve. And the puzzles are usually something like break this thing or lick this thing or move this thing to take it over here. And they're very simple, like lick puzzles. This thing. Well, that's a goat. He licks things. So, yeah, the, <laughs> how, so when he licks, that's like his grab mechanic and he holds okay. on to things. And like there was a bit where um, there's a zoo and there's a missing ri- uh, rhinoceros and you have to find it. And then oh, I have to go happens. up in into the uh, wooded area and then you find some hunters that have actually cornered the rhinoceros. And then I battered the, I rammed the, the hunters and then licked the rhinoceros. <laughs> I, I can't say it. You've had a good Christmas. Yeah, I licked the rhino and then I carried him back to the zoo and then I got, I did the achievement and that was it. But it's a lot of stuff like that, right? It's very simple and rudimentary, but I've been playing it and I've been putting podcasts on while I've been playing it and just yeah. roaming around and doing mad shit with a, you just gotta switch your brain off sometimes. <laughs> it's fine. I, I, no, I, I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I have. But <laughs> like last night, for example, and I found a car park and I found a secret entrance. Went in, then it was clear it was a parody of Fast and Furious, and there was like a um, Vin Diesel parody in there and stuff. Like all the characters, the NPCs, all have character names that are all like parodies of famous things. The way well. you're playing it, it almost reminds me of like when I used to just podcast and put on uh, just a um, 
sorry, put on a podcast and play like the Lego games. Yeah, just, like cleaning up mm. a world. Oh, it, the like, world feels a lot like the Lego worlds. Like there's like last night I found um there's Mount Doom that I found and I found <laughs> and I had a ring called the Purity Ring, and then one of the achievements is like. Um, cast the ring so I put the ring on my head and then jumped into the lava and there we go I got I saved Job Middle done. Earth <laughs> amazing and then because of that I got a costume that made me look like Gandalf the Grey it's all it's all stuff like that I found a lightsaber at one point because this is a good puzzle so it said um, something about the the march do the march or something and I was in a church and they had bells that all three of the bells had a different note on. And then I realized so I, could, the I could play theme. the Imperial yeah. March. So I played the Imperial March by headbutting these bells and then a door opened and then there was a lightsaber in there. Genius. It's that Incredible. sort of stuff. Is this on Game Pass as well? Uh, it might be actually, but I'm playing it on PlayStation, but it might be on Game Pass. If it is, it's definitely worth like a bash. Like playing for half an hour or so, just you'll get the vibe of it within that. It's You've good. kind of sold me. <laughs> well, the opening is Skyrim. It's the same opening as Skyrim, but you're sitting on a farmer's truck with other goats sitting on there. Like, it's just non-stop references to pop culture. It's good fun. I do, I, I do need to turn my brain off uh, every now and then. So maybe maybe I'll become a goat for a bit. I don't know. Who you can knows? also be... Eventually, you can change into other things as well. You can be Whoa. a giraffe at one point, a fish. fish called okay. Steve. This is, I didn't know about this. I'm now completely sold. Uh, Matt, what's next on your list? <laughs> I reckon I'll talk about Tunic, actually. Because okay. it's uh, I, also another Game Pass game that I probably wouldn't have checked out. Because I, I caught a couple early reviews of it that were like, this is fine. It's like a little bit of a world explorer Zelda-y, kind of a little mm. bit of Fez as well. Um, and it kind of put me off. I was like, I've, I, I think I've just played Death's Door the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really get on with it. Um, no, neither did I. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I checked Tunic out and I ended up like really loving it. Um, and nice. I think I, I went back and listened to the episode where we talked about it. it I wasn't on there. Uh, <laughs> I can't I, remember what I said. I, I, I don't think <laughs> I, I think notes. I was I think I said it's fine. Yeah. I just don't see what's special about it. Yeah, it was mostly Joe talking about it. Um, and like. Uh, they talked about like comparison to Death Store and the combat in Death Store being quite significantly better, which I totally agree with. Um, but something that Tunic has that I just haven't experienced in a game since I was a kid was this feeling of like not really having all of the information for everything, like mm-hmm. not having access to a guide to be able to tell you what to do and not being overwhelmed with like, you know, you need to press A to jump over this pit, right? Like picking up the manual uh, piece by piece and having information and your access to it be a mechanic was something that is really new at least like that the- was one of my favorite bits about it i only mm-hmm. played like the first few hours but yeah that was definitely something that was like oh that's that's really cool it really it made me feel like playing a game like like i did when i was a kid in a way mm-hmm. that i just like haven't had uh, also that like when you collect some of those new powers right like there are just symbols that you can attach to your character and you don't really know what they do uh, that really made me feel like I was playing a game in a different language I mean you quite literally are in this um, and like whenever that there would be a loop back like you'd go to some other part of the map and then it would give you a shortcut back to where you were it was always hidden in plain sight like you would have always been able to go that route you just didn't think to check it that whenever that snuck up on me, I was like, "This is just so confident and cool." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like, like maybe every ten minutes, something uniquely, interestingly mechanical happened that I don't think I found anybody talking about. So I really wanted to give it its due. Also, it's okay. 
it's like it's not it's not it's not the best thing I've ever played, but yeah, I I feel like I need to give it a fair shake. There we go, yeah. I do know a lot of people loved it. It just wasn't wasn't for me. And it was uh, in our game, game of the year, wasn't it? On, on. Something. What, was, what category was it in? Uh, it was. He yeah. got nominated. Yeah, for our, yeah. For our game. I think we gave year. it a nine as well. Yeah, a lot, yeah. a lot people, of people love it. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, not quite. I don't know. Maybe I need to revisit. It wasn't quite uh, for me because I do love Fez, mm-hmm. but I'm not uh, historically. So a, mass- a massive Zelda or Souls fan, which is the other things it riffs on a little bit. Joe um, on that previous episode called himself a base level boy um, <laughs> for not getting involved with any of the language stuff, which yeah. I also cannot be bothered. Yeah, there we go. We, we mm. like base level boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to speed this up a little bit. I was will be here all day. Yeah, just yeah. Like how much I love <laughs> Next one will be quick because I, I played it quick. Let me tell you that. Uh, I thought my perfect little Christmas treat would be to replay Wolfenstein: The New Colossus. <laughs> like, what was the inspiration there? Like, where did I it was, come from? Well, you just I kind heard of about Nazis from to... the uh, white noise thing. So, like, let's I, was, get... <laughs> I hadn't watched it at that point. Oh. I, was, I was just full Nazi mode. Over... <laughs> that should rephrase that. Full, kill it, full, full anti-Nazi mode as well. Yeah, full, full anti-Nazi mode uh, over Christmas. Um, I just I did something similar to you, I think Dale. I was just like scrolling through Game Pass, thinking, "What's like a game I could play quickly that yeah. I could like just bash through and turn my mind off to?" And I saw Wolfenstein Two. That I was like, "Do you know what? That is one of the best shooters of recent years." And do you know what I did? I stuck it on the easiest mode, nice. and in a in six hours, just absolutely smashed through it. And I was just I was having a great time, just one shot in every single like Nazi that walked in front of me. That is such a fun game and let me tell you even on the easiest mode i did die a couple of times it's not yeah. easy easy i do feel um, like it's not spoken about enough how good they like everyone talks about doom right because doom does hmm. feel amazing but wolfenstein feels equally amazing oh yeah well. especially when you're getting those getting the dual wielding going with like yeah. a massive laser cannon and then a shotgun on the other one it just feels <laughs> guy it feels good and uh, those stories soundtrack. the stories of those games are so mad <laughs> Oh, it's bonkers. Yeah, yeah. It, I love it. Is it also a Mick Gordon soundtrack? I can't remember. I think he is. Mm. I don't think I'm lying there. I think he did, was involved in that. Um, Great sound yeah, effects just... in that game as well. I can hear like the, um, what they're called, the Panzer the Pounds or something. What are they called? Mm-hmm. I can hear the uh, noises yeah. of their lasers right now in my yeah. head. It's it's just so good. It's just so fun. Like I said, breezed through it in like six hours. Had a lovely time killing lots of Nazis. So violent. So over yeah. the top. Just like not taking itself seriously, and I just kind of I was just in the mood for that, and it got me even more excited. Like it's obviously going to be a slight shift in tone, but like especially when you go like to the underground submarine base in that, and you kill lots of Nazis. Like they're doing Indiana Jones next. Mm. They've got they've got what it takes to do that. So I'm not worried about that at all. Did you ever play the other Wolfenstein game, the um, the, the the co-op one? What was it called? Oh, New Blood. Yeah, I, I played. I think at a preview event or so I played like a the first level or two. Yeah. And it just wasn't it just and I and I saw reviews, everyone was like, mm, it's not quite I would say up. it's yeah, it's not the same in terms of story and stuff, but it's still like that combat is still really mm-hmm. fun in that. Um yeah, I'm I'd love a new one of those, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I've got Indiana Jones first, which yeah. <laughs> I will never complain about. But yeah. If you haven't played Wolfenstein, either of those, uh, New Colossus or um what's the first one? New Order. Yeah. Um Check those out if you're looking for a shooter you might have missed. Uh, yeah, 
That's quick. Quite a nice quick one. Dale, what I'll, you got next? I'll do a quick one as well, which is in a similar vein, which is I decided to replay Bioshock 2 over Christmas. Ooh, um, why, why, why 2? Well, I played so earlier in the year. when You know when PlayStation released their new tiers and you, you could, there was a mm. load of games you could download? I noticed that all the Bioshock trilogy, the PS4 versions, were available to download. So I just downloaded all three of them. And yeah. I replayed Bioshock 1 because it's one of my favourite games of all time. Absolutely. Then I just went straight to infinite because that's also one of my favorite games of all time (laughs) and then but i felt like and then i deleted them off my uh, playstation and then i just saw bioshock 2 sitting there and i was like oh i never actually played him again felt bad yeah and i really liked bioshock 2 back in the day as well yeah it's good um so i went back and and i played the whole thing and i sort of afterwards i i went on a little um youtube hole binge of watching people doing speed runs of it and things Mm -hmm. like that just you know just really got into it however i would say it's not quite as good as I remember it being. Mm. Um, and I think the shooting's better than the first one, I think. Yes, the shooting is definitely better than the first one, although it still feels like dated. I think what I didn't remember is how much like pure repetition there is. Like yeah. I had the idea in my mind of, oh, there's this amazing mechanic in the game where you have you have a moment where you've got to set up, it's like Rainbow Six Siege, where you've got to set up traps because you're going to have waves coming towards you. And what, going back playing it now, I realise it's quite a rudimentary version of that and you do it yeah, about 12 times that. during the game. Yeah. I remember <laughs> liking doing it because by the yeah. time it comes up again, you've got a new tool that you want to kind of play with. Yeah, so, but yeah. The, by the time I'd done about six of them, I was quickly growing tired of it. And But the, I think the story's still really good. I think Sophia Lamb is a really, like... A, cool sort of pivot on the Andrew Ryan formula and I did enjoy those aspects of it but I did find myself like with each little sister you can go and gather like two sets of Adam and I did find myself towards the end of the game just doing like one set yeah. with them. It's not about, it is, it is a good game, like to me it is mm. a seven maybe an eight if you're generous but the problem is it's flanked by in my eyes two tens so yeah. just like, it's just I'd also yeah. say it's, it's less inspired when it comes to locations in Rapture as well like there's a few in there that I feel quite a bit dull compared to like some of the amazing locations in the first game and what are in uh, Infinite in Colombia. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, not as good as I remember, but still still a good time. Have you got? Have you done Minerva's Den? Have I was going to ask that. Uh, yeah. So that, I've still got it installed to play that next, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to do... Um, retreat there, at least. Whilst I've got to do Burial at Sea again as well, so I might mm-hmm. as well just complete the set. You know? Yeah, yeah. Minerva's nice Den's one. cool. Yeah. Somebody described it to me as being kind of like a flip of the way that the other game works. Like it gives mm. you the wrong power, mm-hmm. which is like deli- did, deliberately intentional. I did play it and remember having a good time, but I don't really, apart from the fact that I remember it's an AI thing, I don't really remember what the story is. So I'm excited to it's cool. play it all again. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I can't wait for Judas now. Yeah. I hope we're not waiting ages for that. So we've already been waiting years. So. Yeah. Yeah, come on, Ken. Get it together. Come on, Ken. Uh, Matt, what have you got next? What have I got on my list? Um, yeah, uh, let's talk about Glass Onion because uh, oh, I yeah. didn't like it as much as the first one. Which neither I think, neither did yeah. I. That's not to say I didn't like it. Yeah. I still enjoyed it. I quite also a bit. agree. Yeah, I think but the first I, one's better. Yeah, but that was some, I I still like it quite a bit. It, I think it just snuck into my top ten films of the year. Like I still really enjoyed it, mm-hmm. mainly because. I just really, really like Daniel Craig, especially when he's playing Benoit Blanc. It's um, interesting to think, like, what will be... If they keep making more of these movies, will he be more iconic for being Benoit Blanc than he is as James Bond? That's the, <laughs> that's the like... Oh, that would be that would be a tough one, but maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, do, I would love if the next one was just, like, him. They got, like, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, like, all the Bonds oh in one God, place. Oh, my God, that would be good. The, <laughs> the only thing I'd say, if they did... Obviously, they're going to do more with him, um, but... 
I do feel like they can't do the conceit again where he's actually in like part of it. Do you know, mm-hmm. like like mm-hmm. he was like involved in the setup before he was solving a mystery. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, whereas I feel like you, you need to call him out every time. Yeah. Otherwise, obviously, I, I, I won't spoil it. Cause a mm. lot of people, it's only been out two weeks. A lot of people won't got around to it yet. But it is on Netflix for everyone to see if you want. Um, yeah. And you don't have to have watched the first one at all, by the way, to get this one. It's a completely separate story. I just, yeah, I preferred. The first one, I think I slightly preferred just the straight-up murder mystery nature of the first mm-hmm. one. And I think the key thing for me was Anna Darmas was so good in that she's first great. one. And she's great. She's kind really of, good. She's kind of your eyes into the stories, whereas Benoit Blanc's your eyes into the story in the second one. And he's just not as... I don't know. I just prefer Anna Darmas. Something that's really important that for that first movie is that you have no context for how good a detective Benoit Blanc is. Mm-hmm. You you spend the entire movie thinking that he's missing things, but yeah, he, yeah. you know, the reveal at the end is that he isn't, and he's amazing, and he's already figured it out before mm-hmm. uh, any of this has been a problem. I and do. you can't put the you can't put the genie back in the bottle for the second no, movie. Yeah. You already know he's really comp- competent, which means that some of it just loses that magic. I did. Mm. I do. I do find the mis- the central mystery, like more engaging and interesting in the first one because it is it is everything in that film. Yeah. Whereas in this one, it feels less like you know you you're not really sure what the mystery is, and then mm-hmm. it gets twisted on its head and yeah. stuff. And it, it it felt a little bit looser in that regards, where I thought the first one was so focused and yeah. just. Yeah. I do. Re- I do. I'm not not to be down it. I did really like it, and yeah. it's. I think the first one is a better murder mystery film, whereas the second one maybe is a better satire. It's yes. a slightly slightly that, funnier yeah. at times, yeah. um, more knowingly silly. I think. Which I is think nice. uh, Batista, as ever, is uh, mm-hmm. really good in it. So as good. Well. It's just mad. You've got. Um, Ethan Hawke in that film for 10 seconds. Yes. <laughs> yeah. like, one of my absolute favourites. Use him more. Uh, but there's, well, there's loads of them, isn't there? There's loads like Hugh Grant's in it for about two seconds. Yeah, as yeah. Well. yeah. Great scene. Good. I like. So I gasped when I saw him. <laughs> just playing... Uh, yeah, oh, God, just playing Among Us in the bath was very good. Oh, yeah. It's very fun. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Glass Onion. Very yeah. fun. Good good family Christmas film. That's what me and my mm-hmm. family... We watched it on Christmas Day, actually. Did yeah, that nice. deliberately as well. I was like, I could have gone to a screening uh, way earlier at the BFI, and I was like, no, no, I'm going to save it for Christmas. Nice. Uh, my family hadn't seen the first one, too, as well, so I got that treat. Of I being able to watch, s- similar with you know. mine, yeah. I think we're going to go back. Mm-hmm. I spoke to a surprising amount of people over Christmas when there were like people talking about films and stuff, and I recommended that, who hadn't seen the first one and did a back-to-back sort of mm-hmm. marathon of it. Like, at least... You know, three or four people that said that to me. So it's mm. surprising. Nice. Yeah. Um, another film I watched with my family is my next one. I'm going to talk about Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I'm a, I'm a big del Toro fan anyway, so I was always going to watch this. But the one thing that turned me off was like, oh, I've seen Pinocchio before. Like, mm. I know that story. Mm. But the thing to watch for this is just the incredible stop motion animation of this film. It's just, it's absolutely absurd how they like i i just even though i watched after the film i watched they have a half an hour uh this is on netflix as well by the way on netflix they have a half an hour making of as well which is arguably as <laughs> as good as the film so you're just watching how they make this and i'm just like still watching them animate it frame by frame with all these ridiculous sets I still don't quite understand how you do it, <laughs> like how it looks that good. Like... I've been enjoying that um, whenever I've seen clips of like really fast motion of them doing the positioning with people just yeah, like yeah. zooming in and out of frame for like how much movement is made. Sorry, how so, little movement is made yeah. with how much work. It's like yeah. they took like weeks and months sometimes doing like one long tracking shot 
like it's just I don't I wouldn't have the patience um, <laughs> my wife when she was at university her final project was a stop motion animation it was like mm. a five minute film her and her friend that were doing that were working on that for like six months and theirs is obviously not even in the same league as this thing and it's like I saw how much work went into doing that and I, it's like, it, I can't yeah. even comprehend it this is like an hour and a half to two hour yeah like yeah. <laughs> full stop motion animation it's, it's, it's roughly the story of Pinocchio if you've seen Pinocchio it's kind of it's set in the more in the backdrop of Mussolini's Italy so there's kind of there's a Del Toro likes to do that like kind of put a bit yeah, yeah Pan's uh, Labyrinth uh, had some like exactly. uh, Spanish fascism he's kind of he, as well. Exactly. He's I think he said this is like the third part of the trilogy with that and the Devil's Backbone kind of like that sort of theme. And it's just it, it, it hits hard if you know the story of Pinocchio, it's ultimately a sad one really. Mm. So uh yeah, it's 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 a slight tearjerker, but more than anything, just the ridiculous animation. Like it's worth it just to watch that and you kind of almost when you're watching the film, you forget it is stop motion animation. It's just you're used to so much animation these days being CGI made that like when you do watch how they do it, you almost like I said, you almost still don't believe they did it all by hand. It's that good. Like, I think uh, I remember yeah. an interview. Uh, Del Toro had gone on Jimmy Fallon uh, and he was talking about how they have to deliberately put like characters holding themselves up or tripping over to give you that feeling of life mm-hmm. because if you were deliberately animating something you would you would just like yeah. rigidly get them from place to place but yeah. Yeah. to have life is to have mistakes yeah. and that really stuck with me i was like if i hadn't been thinking about that i would be just presuming that this was cgi that's, that's weird that came up when I was watching. I watched a few episodes of the Light and Magic uh, documentary on mm. Disney Plus over Christmas as well. And it came up on that about the um, the early days of CGI, how they were talking about the perfection of like data and maths and science mm-hmm. and how like they needed to create imperfections to make things feel real. So, yeah. That's yeah. 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 Check it out on Netflix if you want to see just some pure art. How about that? Uh, Dale, what have you got next? Some pure art? Uh, in a way, uh, <laughs> so I played uh, Immortality over Christmas, and I know I'm like way behind the curve. Everyone else played that, you know. A couple I played of it over ago. Christmas too. So, did you? yeah. <laughs> but actually, what what I did whenever I saw anybody else doing it over Christmas, I would just send them uh, an Xbox message that was like, um, "I caught you playing a porno game." <laughs> <laughs> so, have um, you been playing a porno game, Dale? So uh, you've played it, right? The porno yeah, game, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so we we'll play the porno game. <laughs> so, so obviously the Sambala game, you know, in in the in the vein of her story and and the other one, mm-hmm. Telling Lies, Telling is it? Lies. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was a really fascinating mystery to solve, and I loved learning. Like, not sometimes with games like that, I can quickly lose interest in the the core idea, but I mm-hmm. I love like f- watching these clips and finding out more about this story, and then eventually what the f- story is was like really fascinating to me so much so that I went and did like further reading on it and I, yeah. I, I got deep into it. However, the the actual like core mechanics of it, you might have said this on the podcast before. I think I said exactly this. Okay. Like, I respect the hell out of this game. Yeah. I think the story and the artistry of it all and how they actually make it work and the actual films they shot and the acting especially yeah. is very good. But the game itself, I don't feel like a detective. No. I just feel like someone stumbling through. Mm-hmm. I was not. There were like, there was a couple of times like, Maybe I'll try this, but there was no rhyme or reason to trying this. Sure. It was just like pick an object. Had you played uh, her story before? Yes, because um, I felt like a detective playing that. Yeah, you're like, no. oh, I've put together the clues. I but need to use this idea to. You have yeah. to listen to the words that they're saying, and there was a mm-hmm. couple of instances like that in this. But the majority of the time, it's like you, you're not 
you're not trying to find a specific moment or a scene. It's just find another scene with a cup in it. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes even those, you'd click on the cup, let's say it was a cup, or like an apple or something, and then it would give you, give you like a completely different food item or something. It's like it was very loosely connected sometimes. It didn't really make a lot of sense to me. And in the end, I was just not even watching full clips. Just like, I've got the just this one. What, pick that item, pick that item. Oh, that item, they're sort of, you can only see for a few frames. So it obviously wants me to click that one. And I feel like I was gamified so much that I was kind of taken out of it a little bit. Um, that being said, the, the the central mystery stuff, how you reveal that, I think is like, I can hear that noise now, you know, when you're reversing the tracks and stuff. And yeah, it's yeah. just like, isn't it? The first time, like we don't want to spoil it for anyone. The first yeah. time like you do discover like some weird things you're like that is proper creepy yeah like oh terrifying like Like, horrible (laughs) yeah so much so that like like horror horror games don't really affect me these days i've played so bloody many of them i'm a bit desensitized to it (laughs) but those noises well i remember getting shivers and shudders and just feeling a bit uncomfortable watching Mm -hmm. that stuff um it was it was a super powerful game in that regard and the the story as well like and the 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 main uh, i don't even know if you'd say antagonist but you know, the person that's involved with that sort of stuff is like a really good performance and a really good presentation as well. I loved when like scenes like end and then the actors break. They're like, they're acting not acting yeah. anymore yeah it's it's so good it's yeah. just yeah. someone looking straight down the lens is unsettling whether they're doing it in an unsettling way or not like yeah. just someone mm-hmm. looking straight at you it's just i really like those um scenes from the film i forget what it's called but there's like the the 70s film which is the mm-hmm. religion one and mm-hmm. um all the like the really cheap when you see them exposed but actually look quite good visual effects what they were mm-hmm. doing and every totally. time when they'd stop rolling you just see someone like walking around and like break shattering the illusion it was really it's like a cool little quick guide to filmmaking as well I, also, I feel like i would watch minsky i think minsky was probably a good movie yeah yeah, yeah. probably mm. yeah immortality is is very good mm-hmm. um matt what have you got next what have i got uh total break um if you if you play immortality and you want to cool down afterwards there's <laughs> an amazing little reality show that's been filmed in japan for the last i think 30 years it's called old enough um, the first season of this has been out for bloody ages, about a year, but it's about kids going out on their first errand. So, like, <laughs> four or five-year-olds, like, being told to go to the shop and pick up, like, some noodles. Um, okay. And it's, like, them struggling to do this, um, and some <laughs> of them, like, dropping oranges down a hill. And oh, it's got run. oranges in there. <laughs> Is this ethically okay? I suppose well, it's Japan, so right? A, it's there are rules. camera crews following them the whole time that have also, like, they're going to make sure that they don't get into any danger. Right. Like, it's they have the consent of the parents as well, who are the ones that set the errand. So and in some cases, are these children? So it really, it depends, because there have been kids that are as young as three that go oh down the road. God. Look yeah. at the psychological damage you could do with that but if they like completely fuck it up. <laughs> no, but they they always achieve it. Um, okay. But a little wrinkle on this this season is that because the show's been going on so long and we've only just had access to it like as of the last year, um, we now get to see these kids grown up. So oh, it'll do cool. like from the nineties this clip, and now you'll see what they're like in like modern day too. Are so they suing the producer murder. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, I it's totally such a cool down. It is. It's so funny, charming, and sweet. And yeah, this added wrinkle this season as well is really like taking it up a notch. I'm just reading the Wikipedia page and there's the line that says, Before the filming, the program staff and the parents inspect the errand routes, checking to avoid dangers and suspicious people. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just tried to imagine trying try to do this exact show here, and it's like, you can't, just, it's not, yeah, yeah. not going to happen. I, like, might, I might check it. It's, I didn't know it was on Netflix. Yeah, Easy it's so watch. good. It is, it is just very sweet. Nice. Give it a go. Nice. Maybe. Maybe I will. Uh, what have I got? Got two more, haven't I? What, what have I got next? Right. Next, I've got The Menu. Which is a film I watched last night, in fact. Mm. So not really over Christmas, I've lied. Um, came on Disney Plus, I think, two days ago. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anyone else has had the chance to watch My it. My partner yet, watched but... it without me. I'm quite mad about that. Oh, I would be. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's very, very good. It's the setup of this film is a couple, Anya Taylor Joy and Nicholas Holt, kind of go to this island where, like, the world's most famous chef has his restaurant. And they go there for a, a meal, which is like a very exclusive like menu, like basically like, I don't know, 10 people fit in this restaurant and you go and you have a meal. And the chef is played by Ray Fiennes, which should sell you on this film already. It's it's so it's so darkly funny. Antics it's, ensue. Yeah, it's it's so it's by Mark Merlod, who's done a lot of British TV, but has also worked on Succession. Right. And it's got that sort of kind of cadence to a lot of the dialogue it's got some of that satire to it but it's just really it's kind if you really want it it's like a comedy thriller horror in a way so but it's a real like psychological but really there are there's one joke that's one of the most darkly funny jokes i've ever heard and i, oh I absolutely loved it it's only like an hour and a half as well and it's on disney plus right i think now. the word horror sold me like because the premise once mm. you set up a premise like that, but then you tell somebody it's, it's going like to go into horror. It almost, not straight up horror, like kind of like thriller horror, like in the way that kind of Get Out is a horror, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. It's more of like, an you're like, what is going on here? What sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, but Ray Fiennes is so good. Um, that sounds yeah. good. I'm going to watch His this. most chilling performance since Voldemort. <laughs> um, <laughs> Basically the same character in this, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't want to say too much apart from, it's an hour and a half, it's just really, really good fun. Um, I might Matt watch Perso, this tonight. If he hasn't watched it, I think would love it. Yeah, I'm going to watch yeah, this tonight. I'm doing it. Yeah, same. Let's check back yeah. in. Do it. Yeah, the menu on Disney Plus or on HBO in America, I think, uh, or Hulu, whatever they have. I don't know. Uh, it's HBO it Max, I think. Yeah. Very good film. I gave that another four out of five stars on uh, on uh, on Letterbox. So there you go. Um, Dale, you plug your letterboxed in the uh, in the show description for this. Uh, maybe <laughs> our people can just search yeah. Simon Kyle Letterbox. You'll find it. You'll find it. <laughs> There's been some big uh, my letterbox. Oh, I should briefly mention it actually. For the first time since its conception, about six or seven years ago. There's a new number one film on the CIMDB Top 250. There'll oh, be blood has moved down to number three. Oh my god, two have overtaken it. Only because one and two are now the Godfather Part One and Two. Oh, mm. you just change your mind every time. I've changed. I've. I've. <laughs> uh, I just had a sudden realization over the last few weeks that do you know what? Godfather, maybe the Godfather. Movie. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe the Godfather is better. I don't know. I just find myself thinking more about The Godfather these days than I do There'll Be Blood. I don't know. Is it because you had a viral tweet involving The Godfather? So that's, that's it. That's maybe exactly I, do you know what? I didn't, even, I didn't even leave yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> maybe in a year or two it'll switch back. But I don't know. There's no. I know it's not a, a, a radical opinion, but The Godfather is very good. Mm. So, so there you go. Uh, should I bring that up? Yeah. Uh, what's your last one, Dale? Uh, probably not in a top 10 Cy MDB, but I went to see Avatar The Way of Water over I Christmas. I still need to see it. I feel like I'm letting Jimmy Cameron down because wow. I'm I'll actually on record of being... 
I'm on record as an Avatar liker as well. I'm mm-hmm. one of those rare people. Um, and I just, I need to go see it, but I know I need to see it in the cinema because if the first time I see it is at home, I just, it won't, it won't count. <laughs> there's no, there's no doubt it's a spectacle, right? Mm-hmm. Like the first one was in the cinema, not quite the same impact for me. I mean, I didn't watch this one in 3D, but I feel like when the first Avatar came out, there was this feeling that we've just seen cinema change, you know, like mm. how things are going to change. It turns out it didn't actually work out that way, but it definitely <laughs> felt like a revolution at that moment. Uh, whereas this doesn't feel like this. This feels um, just like somebody who's just a master of his craft, like making a sequel to that film. And I think it's very good. Uh, I do think it's long as fuck and <laughs> everyone knows that. And I think there is an hour in the middle there where not only does it become really boring, but it becomes very uh, preachy and self-righteous uh, to a certain degree as well. Like, you know what his agenda is, right? It's it's a super sort well, That's of... what... Go yeah, he's, he's made these films basically... I think he's on he's on record as saying it. Like, he, he cares about climate. Like, climate change and deforestation yeah. and the sea is his big thing. And yeah. he basically said, I can get this message across to more people by making a film about it than I can doing charity work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I do think... I mean, I know it's playing to kids as well, but I do think it's very heavy-handed the way it's done. Mm-hmm. I feel like you could have done the same thing in half the time, perhaps. However, mm-hmm. the opening and the last hour or so is just like fantastic looking and the sense of rhythm and action. He, he just, does know how to do action. Oh, things, mate, does he know how to do action? <laughs> there, were, there was even a shot near the end, which is like shot for shot. See if you spy it as well when you watch it. That is basically aliens. Like there's an cool. exact shot okay. from that. Um and it was just oh god, it was it was it, it was tickling all my my wants and needs from a, from a big action movie spectacle, um, and it just like do I need to say it looks phenomenal? Everyone's seen the trailers; it looks absolutely phenomenal. So yeah, it's yeah. I'm, I'm not to. always a massive advocate of though you need to see it in the cinema. I'm not that guy. Like I'm like watch a film however you want to watch it, but this one is like oh, it does look good on a massive screen. Though. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go see it in mm-hmm. uh, probably at IMAX. Yeah. Probably in 3D. I want to see it the way the way he intended. I can't so. wear those glasses for three hours. I, well, do I also don't know because I got glasses what a few months ago now. I've had to start wearing glasses almost all the time. How does free? I haven't even looked. Don't into they how sit 3D on top glasses. of them? Did they sit on top? I think, yeah, I don't know. I believe. I, I, I don't do. know how it works. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it must work. It must work for some people. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Nice, yeah, Any interest, Avatar. Matt, in watching Avatar? No. no. <laughs> Fair. What did you enjoy, though? Because what's your last one? So uh, I'm not going to be able to convince you two to watch this. And there's no chance in hell that you're going to... Called... Is it an anime? Yeah, yeah. I've got, okay, I can't. Yeah. I've got to sneak one in. Um, so it's called Bocce the Rock. Um, it's about four girls that are trying to start a rock band. Okay. Um, and the reason that I have put it here is just to try and be controversial. Um <laughs> Because I think that it's a better adaptation than this year's biggest hit, which is called Chainsaw Man, which I've talked about before. Ooh, um, okay. It's not a better show by any means, but the, the manga that it's based on is this like really like quite simple four-panel layout. It's just like a gag comic, and they've taken this like quite loose structure for that, but then turned it into quite like a bigger production. Like the animation and uh, musical uh, output for this is significantly increased for what you should expect for what this comic is based on. So they've turned something really simple into something quite grand, and that makes it a better adaptation than something that's quite so, good already. And it also the anime of that's quite good. So, so if I do 
decide to watch one of the hit animes from last year, yeah. should I watch that or Chainsaw Man? Neither. You should read Chainsaw Man manga. That's what you should okay, do. Okay, okay. <laughs> That's not the question <laughs> he asked, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> well, there we go. Um, I've got my last one. Can I just stop to say, I just go went on. through the Wikipedia page, I saw there's a band in this called Sick Hack. I haven't oh. gotten to Sick Hack yet. Which <laughs> yeah. is a pretty well, cool name for a band. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, my last one. Something that's also on Disney Plus, if you want to watch it. Uh, and I believe this one is Hulu in America. I might be wrong. Um, Atlanta, season four. Mate, some of the best episodes that they've done have happened this so, season. So good. It's the last ever season, and it ends, I think, brilliantly. Ab- mm-hmm. Just like they absolutely nail the landing. I liked season three quite a bit, but I do think there was one too many episodes that didn't involve the main cast. They kind of remedy it this. Those in season are my favourite ones, though. I I think the, yeah, like the non main cast episodes are the best. I do also just love Brian Tyree Henry, Lucky Samfield, and Donald Glover hanging sure. out together. And you do get a lot of that in season four because you're back in Atlanta. There's one or two, and and now I'm going to absolutely contradict myself because I think the best episode is one where it doesn't involve any of them and it focuses on the Goofy movie <laughs> and I'll say no more uh, but it's absolute genius it's it's so funny um, but yeah it's just if you haven't watched Atlanta what, obviously watch it from the start because it's just non-stop bangers I also for, think like, give episodes. it a couple episodes too because the first episode mm-hmm. really is not indicative of what the show becomes no. even though it's good it's a good episode but it's it just is. There's nothing like it on TV at all. Exactly. Like it's just this absurd, I'll, like ridiculous yeah. television that I'll, you I'll, cannot. I miss it quite a bit, but I'm also excited to see what Donald Glover does next. Just because mm. it's always something interesting he's going to do. I have always such a weird. I've only ever seen about. I think four episodes but I watched them on a flight and it's that annoying thing on flights where they're like do you want to watch episodes four five and six from season two and I'm like oh, what the hell? so I but I was with Gav at the time and he was telling me I should watch it so I was like all right I'll stick them on I still even though I watched them and I enjoyed them I don't really know what the show is or about no, that's, there that's a, good there is a re- there's a role like Donald Glover and his partner is kind of a rough through line story with them yeah and kind of like Brian Tyree Henry's like rap career but yeah. like there's not really, uh, you know, it's, it's a, there's a lot of pocket episodes, but yeah. yeah. It's there's just a good one, uh, Dale from season three, where it's just these lads hanging out in Dalston. So check that out. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah we, um, got, we got two seasons of this last year, which is an absolute treat, but now it's gone forever and I'll be sad. Mm. Mm. Check out Atlanta. Yeah. Exactly. Um, right. We're going to do a quick endless search because Ooh. I wrote it and. Because we haven't done one in a few weeks, and I know people like it. So, right, we'll probably hear the jingle, shouldn't we? Yeah. Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Is it in the search? We are gonna play a game that I've been wanting to bring back for a little while. I just uh, I just struggled to find the time to make it sometimes, but I've done it this time. This is the game where I take, and these are all games that are coming out or supposedly coming out this year in the year 2023, oh, no. and there's five of them. And what I've done is translate their English title <laughs> into Vietnamese, then from Vietnamese to Hawaiian, from Hawaiian to Polish, from Polish to Somali, and then back to English. So we've got kind of a weird, twisted translation of what these game titles nice. are. 
Okay. Some of them will be obvious. Some of them, you'll wonder how the hell they've got to it. <laughs> I'm going to spoil an idea that I've had for ages to you. I always wanted mm-hmm. to get uh, like a podcast where comedians would come on, but they're from different countries, and they would tell you the name of what the what a popular movie has been translated to in their language, and then you'd <laughs> have to write an outline of the script for that movie. So uh, I, like I think it's like Police Academy in Danish is called more naughty than the police will allow. Want to watch that movie? A lot of ways. Yeah. Um, so, for example, I put um, I put Final Fantasy sixteen through this. That won't be one of the one of the answers here. But that came out as sixteen final thoughts. So, okay. so there you go. That's the sort of thing we'll be looking for. Okay. Okay. So the first one that went through that five language translation is Warpath six. What game is Warpath six? Oh, you got to kind of use some. some the the problem I've got is I can't think of games coming out this year. Um, <laughs> Warpath Six. What is could that, those words kind I'm of? I'm gonna have to you look know, for I've got an idea. You almost need synonyms. It's. I mean, the first to say it gets it. Is so, it Armored Core? It's oh, not Armored. It's not show. Armored Core Six. I'm just. Uh, is this cheating to look at a list of games coming out this year? Um, <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm going to not, so never... we'll see who the real victor is here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, trying to think of synonym. What could synonym? I can't think. For I'm, a I can't path. think of any six coming out this year. That's what I'm trying to think mm, of. Maybe that's throw, a, Maybe six has been like mistranslated. Yeah. Oh, Street Fighter Six. <laughs> it is Street Fighter <laughs> nice. Six. That, my list War helped me out there. <laughs> it definitely did. When you look at it, it's probably a lot easier. Yeah. Isn't it? I'll give you a point, but we'll, 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 we'll see who's the real victor at the end. Okay. All right. Shall I close this thing or not? What do we? The think? next throw. I don't know. Right. The next one came out as the voice of the mountain. Call of the oh, it's Horizon. Whatever it's called, I don't know. Call of the mountain. Something like that. It is Horizon Call of the yeah, mountain. There you go. For some reason, it decided to get rid of the word Horizon. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, two two points there now. This is this is a fun one. It doesn't really matter who wins this. It's, it's more of just a. Let's see what Google Translate does. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> um, right. Eventually, seven reincarnations. Uh, Final Fantasy Seven Rebirth. It is. Yeah. Not even looking at my list here. You're doing good, mate. <laughs> yeah, <he's, he's> <laughs> I don't it. play games. <laughs> uh, this one. Not sure how it got there, but it did. Two dead ships. Oh. Skull and boat? No. Um, no, but that, 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 there's too much logic to that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Two dead ships. I'm trying to avoid Two. the list right now. Thinking first. I I don't is really know dead how space? it... Not Dead Space, no. Oh, what? Dead Island too. It is Dead Island. How that's good. <laughs> well done. This is like there a cryptic crossword. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's probably makes no sense if you've got all these at home. Well done. Skull and Bones <laughs> uh, makes way more sense. We've got one. one more, and again, don't know how it got here. It decided to completely get rid of about two of the words in it. But good luck. Um, to abolish the judiciary. Huh. <laughs> to abolish the judiciary. Which does make sense, but also is missing up. This is going to be amazing when we get this. <laughs> to abolish the judiciary. Hmm. Oh. Even my list is not helping on this one. <laughs> um. I mean, what all... What, what are similar words to judiciary? <laughs> mm. 
or oh, abolish <laughs> Tears of a Kingdom? It's not Tears of a Kingdom, no, but that is quite Hollow Knight Silk Song. Yeah. <laughs> this one, I, I, I would be surprised if anyone got. If you got this yeah. at home, well done. Do you, should I just tell you? Yeah, yeah tell Go us. for it. It's Suicide Squad Kill the Justice oh, League. Wow. Oh, <laughs> nice. That's good. Kill the Justice League, kind of. But I don't know, it just decided to remove Suicide Squad. When from you that, said from another it. word for judiciary, I was thinking way more detailed than just justice. I was yeah, thinking well, all sorts of different you, that things. That was your thinking too hard. Dale won that. It was a quick one, but yeah, a fun one. Bit of fun. There we go. And now for, your fir- for the first time in like a month, <coughs> we've got some feedback. Hey. So, what have we got first? IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. This is from... writing about anything, including oranges. No, don't do that. Writing about <laughs> games you played over Christmas. Let us know what you think. <laughs> this is from Marco Hutchins. He says, hey, IGN crew, I enjoyed your Look Ahead podcast for 2023, but a few of the things that I'm looking forward to the most did not get mentioned. Invincible Season 2, Hollow Knight Silk Song, and Star Wars Vision Season 2. What are your excitement levels for these? Also, any other indie games you're looking forward to? Love the show, Marco. So I think uh, when we pro- we hadn't on. produced the episode when news about Invincible Season 2 had come out, uh, I'm really excited Maybe. for it, but I think that we hadn't put it together yet. So I think that might be why. If mm. I was on it, I probably would have said that. Cause yeah. I, yeah, I, love um, I started watching it and fell off for some reason. Maybe I'll catch up with it. Um, Hollow Knight Silk Song. I am I am excited for. I like Hollow Knight. I still I don't think don't, it's going to come out. Yeah, I don't believe it's ever coming out. So, mm. so yeah, and Star Wars Visions. I'm not. I I didn't really get into. So no. I'm um, not too excited for that one. Personally. Technically, it's an indie game. I mean, not technically. It just is an indie game. It's coming out in February. Is uh, Sons of the Forest. Very mm-hmm. very very excited for that. You can actually. Uh, I've played a little bit of it. You can read my preview on Monday Ooh. as well. So there we go. Check that out. Lovely little treat from Bella. I think one indie game I'm looking forward to, it's out, I think, 31st of January, is Season, A Letter to the Future. Oh, yeah. Just, it's like a nice, relaxing, mm. chill game. You're, I think he plays a boy on his bike just riding around this world that's about to basically on the edge of cataclysm, and you just kind of, you're going around with like a camera and a notebook documenting everything basically before the world ends. Um, just like really chill, yeah, yeah. relaxed game. Cool. The trailers for it's really good if you want to check that out. Like, Yeah, yeah totally. Really nice art style. Uh, I'm excited um, for Gorn, which we talked about Gorn. on a, uh, a Gamescom. Gorn. Uh, yeah, sure. It's a Gamescom episode. We talked about it a little bit. Yeah. I, um, it's about like um, trying to prevent monsters from taking over your little settlement by making mm-hmm. uh, making deals with them when eventually you go get them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, nice one. Nice one. Nice little. I like we had those ready to go. That was good. Normally when someone asks us a question, yeah. we're like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's hard when nice you're on one. the spot, but yeah, we exactly. got it. We did it. Um, I've got an email from Mildred Locke who says, Hello, IGNers. Long-time listener, several times writer, and recently enjoyed gushing all Ugh. over most of you at the, <laughs> at the recent live show. I hope you stopped bleeding. Um, it was bloody great. Thanks for the fun evening. I've been wanting to ask this for a while, but have been in too much denial to admit to myself that I'm not quite the gamer I like to think I am. The abridged version of my gaming life history is that I've always stuck to PlayStation, mainly out of habit. And I've always enjoyed gaming, but haven't actually played most of the key game franchises I hear you game. Uh, I hear you guys talk about. 
I feel like over the years I've missed out on a huge backlog of games and find myself listening to you talk about sequels to a long line of games, franchises like God of War, Resident Evil, Final Fantasy, etc. I feel like it's too late for me to get into them now. It's nah, never too nah, late. Nah, not a chance. If I want to play games like Far Cry 6, GTA 5, God of War Ragnarok, Persona 5, Metal Gear Solid 5, Devil May Cry, etc., do I have to go back to the beginning? With a full-time job and various commitments, I don't have a lot of time to devote uh, to devote to the console. So I'd like to know. So what I'd really like to know is which games do you rate highly that I could get away with jumping in late without playing all the previous ones? Ooh. I'm going to go through that list quickly before we. Yeah, come I think on that's a good idea. It's a mixed yeah. bag. I think. Far Cry Six. You can just play any Far Cry game. Yeah, Far Cry Six. I wouldn't necessarily recommend playing though. Um, but you should play Far well, Cry Two. Honestly, I think though, Far Cry Two is pretty good. Um, disagree with that. For a start. <laughs> um, I think Far Cry 2 is terrible, but anyway, uh, the um, I think with Far Cry you can go in any game, and I'd be interested to see what someone if they first ever Far Cry game they played was six. I bet yeah, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they loved it as much as we love mm-hmm. like three and four. Yeah, probably yeah, just probably right. tired of it. Yeah, um, GTA Five absolutely no links to any of the yeah. past games, and that is the best one. So mm-hmm. do it, Ragnarok. I would say you'd be missing out a lot by not playing God of War 2018. But I would say you don't need to go back and play all of the old PS2 No, 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 no. Cycle that off. As long as you go back and play the PS4 one. With some of these games as well, I can always recommend, like... Watching like YouTube like compilations or someone's someone will have IGN does it sometimes yeah. like God of War in five minutes and stuff, just for the old games that you don't need to go back and play, but just mm-hmm. get a recap and a sense of what's going on. Yeah. And then yeah, like Kylie said, play twenty eighteen God of War, then Ragnarok. Similar with like Last of Us Part Two, I wouldn't play that without playing one. It yes. won't hit the same. Yeah. Um, or maybe you'll watch the HBO show starting soon, and then you can just play two after that. Mm. So there you go. Um, Persona Five, abs- all Persona Five, all Persona games are separate. If you, you don't have a lot Persona of time, 4, though, because it's better. Yeah, uh, five, I think five is better, but they're both incredible. But if you don't have a lot of time, then those are like 120 hours each. So there you go. Metal Gear's a a weird one because I think you would have a lot of fun playing Metal Gear Solid Five as a stealth open world action game. You won't. You would be completely lost in the story, but. To be honest, so were most people yeah, yeah. who knew it. Exactly. So five is also, yeah. five like, is the one as well to play without playing any others. That's the one because mm. you can just just ignore the story and literally just enjoy the game for what it is because it's yeah. built to be an open world stealth game that's less focused on story as a sort of backlash from four, which is all story. Yeah. Uh, it's so, weird yeah. that the only story that it really draws from is three, which you know. Uh, yeah. yeah, it also, like, towards the end, it links back to the original Metal Gear. So mm. we're going even further back. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say Metal Gear is probably, on this list, the one that's least likely to make sense just jumping in somewhere, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, but yeah, I'd there's some, like, Red Dead 2 I'd still recommend. Um, it might some of the stuff near the end might not hit as hard, but um, you, could get, you could arguably play those in the opposite order. So that's why. She mentioned um, Resident Evil in here, and I would say with mm-hmm. that... Um, you could. There is a lot of lore and stuff going on. However, seven was a kind of sort of softish reboot. It's still connected, but you don't really need to know any of that stuff. So you could play mm-hmm. seven and then village, which are those two come as a pair together without having to go back and play the old ones yeah. if you don't want to. So, so, so like, Final Fantasy, they're separate. The thesis of this question, though, I think is interesting because I can't think of any games off the top of my head where it's really important to play them in order. Like, are there any where you last wouldn't? of us I would God say- of War? I think. Yeah, I'd say God of War because oh, I mean, is, like really, they are kind really of long-running series. Oh, like, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that's a another 
good question. Can anyone come mm. up with those IGN underscore? Uh, I think uh, IGN.com. It's not a really long one, it's but I think Mass Effect kind of like there's a lot of value to play in the three back to back. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, because yeah, you grow to know these characters. Yeah, yeah I think that's important. Yeah, I can't um, think of yeah anything that's gone beyond three that carries on a story necessarily. No, not so, really. They tend to like they, most game companies they keep these numbers going, but they yeah. tend to sort of I redo. Suppose technically, or... God of War, if you do count the original ones, it is one long Kratos story. Yeah. Um, but like we said, you could jump in at 2018 quite easily, not knowing what his path was. I mean, the idea with yeah. games as well is they're always designed for new generations and they need to sell to new people, right? So they kind of mm-hmm. avoid making the connective tissue like so overwhelming. Uh, so I think games are in, in, like as opposite to movies and TVs is, is a lot more welcoming for that sort of stuff. I think I've got uh, maybe Yakuza, actually. Like I can't imagine playing Yakuza 6. You could do 7 without anything, but like 6 without any of the rest of them? That, that'd be weird. Yeah, maybe. I've jumped in and out, but yeah, I've never really been all in on the st- the overarching story. But yeah, it's a good question. I wonder if anyone does have a good answer for that. Um, let us know, IGN underscore. What about UK feedback at IGN.com? Quick question. Wait, on Dale. I've not played them, but what about Halo? Are they like, do you need to play all yeah, those? Thank I, you to just start I, at three, really. I've, yeah, I've dotted. There is a there is a story going on there, but I don't know how essential it is. I, I, I've not played them all. I've dotted in and out uh, okay. at various points, so... Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Um, Matt, we've got one more email. Let me scroll down. Hi all, hope everyone at Edgen had a great Christmas and everyone's well. Following on from that 2023 chat, I couldn't read that number for a second. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Process it. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, I can't believe what year it is. Um, I think it's one game that you missed out. It was supposed to come out in 2022, but due to international events, it's now scheduled for 2023. It's from a Belarusian outfit called Sad Cat Studios. They've developed a game called Replaced. It looks oh, in I the trailers like a combination of flashback and Blade Runner. Can't wait to play it when it's eventually released. Also, we'll save that one. Uh, so what? What's uh, com- yeah, what's I'm our confidence in, I just in this game? I put it on the list just because I frankly had too many games on there already, but I, I'm into Replace. It does look oh, very cool. I thought I it was something else. I quite a bit. <laughs> I thought I'd played um, it, but the it's latest something trailer, else. <laughs> the latest trailer especially did a lot for me. So yeah, I can't yeah. wait. That would be definitely one of my uh, most anticipated indie games. Nice. Yeah. Uh, there's also a little extra. Also, I have another question. What happened to the feature that Cardi invented? The one about obscure <laughs> films that people may not have seen decade by decade. Didn't see any of them, but I kind of liked it. I just wanted to put that in because it's funny that people want to hear about films they never have any intention of watching, but it's fine. Cardi uh, invented talking went... about old movies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I'm a revolutionary when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> I think I went through quite a few of the decades, to be fair. I just kind of ran out of them. There's only so many. And if no one ever watched them, then what's the point? I don't know. Yeah. But I, do you know what? I've got my 250 up here. That We'll have a little bonus. Pick Someone pick a decade, and I'll say one film from it someone should watch. 1890. I don't know. It's got to be from at least the sixties onwards, I think. Well, at least, uh, oh, you're limiting our selection there. The fifties, uh, from the fifties to the 50s now. You've got, then you've got like eight decades. Then from the fifties, yeah. Oh, I don't know if I have any obscure <laughs> ones from the fifties. I have seven films from the fifties. I think I already did this because there's only like seven there. Yeah. I talked about these. Uh, Maybe not best to do impromptu. Mm. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't have that many obscure fifty ones. It's mostly Hitchcock and Rashomon. <laughs> really recently, Go see Rashomon. 
I uh, I live in the place where um, I'm not the literal house, but I'm from. I'm I'm in the town where Alfred Hitchcock is from. Uh, and a couple of days ago, a bunch of crows just sat outside my window and then just Ooh. started squawking at me. I'm like, he, he knew something. There's something evil about <laughs> Leighton Stone. <laughs> I do. If you want to hear me at my most pretentious, I do have the 1955 French horror horror film Diabolique in there. So mm. there you go. Watch that if you want a creepy uh, film all about. I'm sure Andrew will, will not watch it. Exactly. So that, and that's why that segment was canned for a year. <laughs> so there we go. Oh, it's nice to be back, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, we need some music. What have we got? Um, it's been a while. Yeah, they go. <laughs> it's got to be. be. Start with Start stained, we end it. with stained. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Right. See you all later. Toodles. Bye. Bye.